Good morning. I am Apostle William B. Corrector, the presiding prelate of Discovered Being Ministry Incorporated. I'd like to welcome you to today's podcast as we speak on the subject, What Are the Seven Woes? found in Matthew chapter 23. Let us go before the throne of mercy this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we know, Lord God, that you are God and beside thee, that was none else. We know that we are your witnesses, that there were no God before you, neither shall there be one after you. Father, as we come today in Jesus' name, We ask you to bless the podcast. Your word is already blessed. Father, we know that it's not going to return to you void. We know that, Lord God, it has the power to change the hearts of men. And, Lord God, it sets precedence in everyone's life. And, Father, I thank you that we have power over Satan, his demonic forces, and all those that will carry him. Lord God, we bind them in Jesus' name. And we pray for the sick today, Lord God, those that are are in hospitals, nursing homes. We pray for those that, Lord God, that have lost loved ones. And Father, we pray for those that, Lord God, are not like us. For Father, we are not of the world, but we are in it. But Lord God, we pray for those that have not yet come into that spiritual kingdom through your word and faith in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you and ask you to bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen. As I forestated, we are discussing what are the seven woes found in Matthew 23. In Matthew 23, Jesus pronounces seven woes on the religious leaders of his day. A woe is an exclamation of grief similar to what is expressed by the word alas. In pronouncing woes, Jesus was prophesying judgment on the religious elite who were guilty of hypocrisy and sundry and other sins. King James Version and some other translations list eight woes in Matthew 23, but older manuscripts leave out verse 14 in which the scribes and the Pharisees are condemned for taking advantage of widows and making lengthy prayers for show. Elsewhere, Jesus spake, speaks against those very sins in Mark chapter 12, verses 40, excuse me, verse 40, and Luke chapter 20, verse 47. Most likely, however, Matthew did not include them among the other woes of chapter 23. The seven woes are addressed to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. In one of the woes, he called them blind guys. You find that mentioned in Matthew chapter 23, verse 16. At the end of his denunciation, he calls them snakes and broods of vipers, verse 33. Prior to Jesus' condemnation of the religious hypocrites, they had been following him to test him, to try to trick him with questions about divorce, found in Matthew chapter 19, verse 3, about his authority, Matthew chapter 21, verse 23, 
about paying taxes to Caesar, found in Matthew 22, verse 17, and about the resurrection, verse 23, and about the greatest commandment of the law, found in verse 36. Jesus prefaced his seven woes by explaining to the disciples that they should obey the teaching of the Jewish leaders as they taught the law of God, but not emulate their behavior because they did not practice what they preached. Matthew chapter 23, verse 3. The first of Jesus' seven woes condemned the scribes and Pharisees for keeping the people out of the kingdom of heaven. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven to in people's faces. Hallelujah. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Found in Matthew 23, chapter 23, verse 13. Jesus is the only Savior and the only way to heaven. I'll repeat that again. Jesus is the only Savior and the only way to heaven. In their rejection of Jesus Christ, the Pharisees were effectively refusing to enter the kingdom of heaven. They also hindered the common people from believing in him, thereby blocking the way to heaven for others. Repentance and faith in Christ is the door of admission into his, this kingdom. And nothing could be more disagreeable to the Pharisees who saw no need for repentance in their own lives and attempted to justify themselves by strict adherence to the law. The second of the seven woes, Jesus condemned the leaders for teaching their converts the same hypocrisy that they themselves practiced. They led converts to religions the, a religious work, but not into the true righteousness, making them twice as much of a child of hell, found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. The third woe Jesus pronounced referred to the religious elite as blind guys and blind fools, Matthew chapter 23, verse 16 through 17. Hypocrites financed themselves, got it? Of the blind. See Romans chapter 2, verse 19. But they themselves were blind and therefore unfit to guide others. We got a lot of leaders today that are still unfit, but yet they are in the pulpit. They were blind to the true meaning of the scripture, to their own sin. They purported to guide the people into the truth but they were incapable of doing so because they had no personal knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Instead of teaching spiritual truth, they preferred to quibble over irrelevant matters and find loopholes in the rules. Matthew chapter 23, verse 16, verses 16 through 22. The fourth of the seven woes called out the scribes and Pharisees for their hypocrisy in the practice of tithing. They made a big deal of small things like tithing, spice, while they ignored 
crucial matters. They diligently counted their mint leaves to give every tenth one of the temple, one to the temple. But they neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Found in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Turning to hypocrite, to turning to hyperpole, Jesus said, You strain at a net, but swallow a camel. Verses 20, verse 24. In other words, they were careful to avoid offense in minor things of literal importance, straining at that, but tolerating or committing great sins, swallowing a camel. In the fifth, sixth, and seventh woes, Jesus further, further illustrate the different aspects of hypocrisy that characterize the religious leaders. In the fifth woe, Jesus likened them unto dishes that were scripturally clean on the outside, but left dirty inside. Oh, hallelujah. Their religious observance made them appear clean and virtuous, but inwardly their hearts were filled of greed and self-indulgence. Found in Matthew 23, verse 25. Chapter 23, verse 25. The sixth woe, Jesus compared them to whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones and of the dead and everything unclean. Found in Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. The rotten corpse inside a tomb was like the hypocrisy and the lawlessness in the hearts of the scribes and Pharisees. They appeared righteous on the outside, but they were just beautiful tombs. Inwardly, they were spiritually dead. The hypocrisy Jesus addressed in the seventh world was directed to those who erected monuments and decorated the tombs of the prophets of old. Jesus points out that those prophets had been slain by the Pharisees' own ancestors. They imagine to themselves much better than their fathers, saying, If we had lived in those in those days, our of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Found in Matthew chapter 23, verse 30. But that's very statement they acknowledge their lineage. Jesus said says that they are truly their father's sons. They had inherited their ancestors' wickedness and was following in their steps. Jesus knew their evil hearts, which would soon plot to murder him, found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 4. Just as their ancestors had murdered the righteous men of old. The seventh war of Matthew chapter 23, were dire warnings to the religious leaders of Jesus' day. But they also served to warn us against religious hypocrisy today. We are called to true godliness, sincere love, and enduring faith. Pretensions 
Infections and hypocrisy will only lead to war. I thank you for listening to this podcast. We have many white sepulchers today. I'm not judging anyone, but by their fruit, ye shall know them. There are things that are being taken, that are taking place in the house of God that should not be. There are teachings that go strictly against the scriptures. There are many carnal connotations that are being given to parishioners, and they are falling by the wayside because of that. We have people that dress in long robes, dress themselves with with titles that God had not given them, put them in place, putting themselves in places that God has not placed them, and pretending to know everything and know nothing. I come today, I am not judging anyone for what I judge out to someone, it will be magic unto me. But however, as I said previously, we will know them by their fruit. Anytime anyone would take an animal and bless an animal in the house of God, anytime anyone would condone the behavior of what God says in Leviticus is not to be happening. Deuteronomy chapter 22 also states things that shouldn't be worn, but yet we as religious leaders, a lot of us, we refuse the truth. We refuse to stand steadfast and be unmovable and not be moved or swayed by every wind and doctrine. This is Jesus telling us, woe unto you, you hypocrites. Woe unto you because when you faced the truth, you didn't realize that you was in the presence of the truth. For the word of God said, light shines on darkness. But the doctors comprehended not. Light doesn't have anything to do with darkness. Nor does, nor does Christ have anything to do with behind. But when you get into that pulpit or in the missionary fields or anywhere out proclaiming to be God and God's servant and your house is not clean. And I'm not talking about your physical house on, on J Street or any other street. I'm talking about that house you live in. I'm talking about that temple that God said that we are. And he said he, and I quote he, that defiled that temple, him, God will destroy. Don't get mad with the bishop. Don't get angry with the bishop and say, oh, he got something there. Yes, I do. I'm one crying out in the wilderness. Repent, all ye whitewashed sepulchers. Repent, all you that are carrying false doctrine. Repent, all of those that are leading people into ditches by being blind in your own eyes. So we are here today on this podcast talking about what is truly happening today as it was happening in the days of old. May God bless you, may he smile upon you, and may he give you love in your hearts for your fellow man. God bless you.